The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. episode of Positive Talk Radio. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad Jen is here as well. She's, I, you know, I got to admit, it, I applaud your courage because number one, it is um, <laughs> it's Wednesday here. I'm doing the math in my head. It's Wednesday here. It's, it's actually Thursday morning at six o'clock in the morning, your time. Is that right? Because you're in Taiwan. Yes, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> well, very nice. I'm glad that you're you're actually awake and spry for being six o'clock in the morning. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's 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 great for you to be here. So, um, and you're in Taiwan because you're doing a great service to your father. And I wish I had a daughter that would that if the, when I I get a little older and that and I need help that um, one of my sons. My my sons have told me, no, Dad, we'll hire somebody for you. We're not we're not coming. So, <laughs> so I, don't I, he, I don't know if he'd agree because I think all I'm doing is annoying him. But I think that's probably <laughs> part of the fun. So, <laughs> uh, well, you know, when you get to be a certain age, um, and and somebody tells you that maybe you need to eat better or you need to do something differently, it's like I don't want to. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but you know, we all we all sadly at one point in time we're all going to need help. So, uh, so, but you are an executive coach, and mm -hmm. you also work with people that around their body, around body image, which is a big a big thing right now that everybody's talking about is body image. Um, so, how do you talk about uh, body image as, as it relates to the work that you do? How do um, I talk about it as a mindset? So first, it's something that we grow aware of. So we really, we really like the people who come to me who want to work about who want to work through developing a stronger, um, oh, well, not a stronger, but a better relationship with themselves as it relates to their bodies. We first start with awareness: what are we listening to, and what are we believing about ourselves, and then whether or not we question those things and ask whether or not those things that we believe are true. So some things that people might believe are, oh, I have to look a certain way in order to get X, Y, Z. And then exactly. we really break that down. Like, oh, where did that come from? And if you're like me and you were born in the 80s, well, <laughs> all that came from Calvin Klein, um, Victoria's Secret, like all these different things that people are like, Hey, you got to look this way. And then 
like like our 90s aesthetics of all the heroin chic models like that all those things like were embedded into us that we didn't realize that it was a good choice we had we could make about agreeing or disagreeing when we grew up in those situations I think it's better I think it's better for kids nowadays but I think we did really we really went through a few decades of you have to look this certain way there's like really thin um light-skinned big eyes like a deep countenance to match the aesthetics and then if you didn't then you're less than something's wrong with you. Exactly. <laughs> you don't deserve you're weird. <laughs> like see, that. see now I was born, I, I'm a child of the sixties, mm-hmm. which is a little bit before your time, but there was a young lady from England and they called her Twiggy. Do you remember anything about Twiggy? Well, I know all about Twiggy and what she did. <laughs> really? Because she became the kind, she was the beginning of that, mm-hmm. of that look of being super skinny, and and she probably, you know, it for her, I think it was genetic. She could eat anything she wanted, but for a lot of for, but she was super skinny and tall, and uh, and had virtually really no shape to her at all, because uh, yeah. she was she was very so. But but she caught on here in the states as being a real big, you know. Twiggy was the the thing, and it's kind of morphed from there, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the funny thing is, like, we don't people don't talk about what she looks like now, and she looks like a normal like a normal person, like she grew into her body. Oh, really? But, I yeah, that's good. That's that's good. That's good to know, because <laughs> because you you know a, a couple of months ago I uh, interviewed a model, mm-hmm. and. Um, she was she was a girl that was just walking on the beach in Australia and a guy walked up to her and said, you have that look and you could be a model. Two days later, she was on a plane to New York and she ended up uh, working in the trade and and stuff. But she, we talked about the horrific things that a lot of the girls had to go through, and guys too mm-hmm. had to go through to be, quote unquote, to have that look look that that they were looking for that they, that sellable look and and stuff and some of them were not able to eat they were they were told if they gained a pound they were out of a job i, I can't imagine being living a life that way yeah i mean and then the thing is like people who aren't models live that way as well and it's a, a lot of it is self-imposed um one thing i didn't tell you which i will um drop now is i also do modeling Oh really? I do, and it and my my journey is not unlike that per like the girl who you just mentioned, except I wasn't discovered by anyone. Mine was a decision. I was wow. in a conversation with a friend of mine, and she was like, "You know, you 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 look you you, you really come alive in front of the camera." I'm like, "Yeah," because c- it's a decision, and she was like, "You know." You could model, and I was like, you know what? I will. <laughs> and it was that because at that moment, because I was like, I will defy all expectations and do this because I want to prove to everybody that you don't have to look a certain way in order to look quote as people say fierce in front of a camera. It is all a choice, and it's all a decision. Like you could give me a paper bag, and I'll look fine because I've decided I look that way. 
So part of my stance in body liberation is to show people, you just, you just show up and decide, and then you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and how you look. It's all about your attitude. So I equate it to <laughs> the energy that you exude when you talk to people, when, because the energy that you have, if it's higher, like, like you, you, you come to this, even though it's, what is it? Uh, it's six eleven in the morning in yeah. on Thursday in Taiwan, but you come to this with higher energy because you have chosen to come to this with higher energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so consequently people look at you differently than if you were had a smile, frown on your face, if you had low energy and stuff, they, you, your persona would feel a whole lot different than it does because you, of the choices that you're making, right? Yeah. And it's, I think there's also to go to go lean on a little bit further. There's also risks. If we believe in ourselves, then the, what we're willing to do is a little bit more. If I doubted myself and I would be, then my poses would be all timid. But since I don't, because I said I didn't, then I'm willing to twist my body a certain way, put on a certain facial expression, say things like I'm better than you, therefore. <laughs> like those are, you know, develop certain personas, even, you know, even though I don't really think I'm better than anybody else. But it's like, that's like the, the persona that sometimes the, the photos require. And then I show up differently. And I've, done this with friends and it's been so fascinating how unable a lot of people are willing to step into that yep. like i just just be they're like no, i can't i can't i'm like and, so yeah they're like you're so good at it i'm like i've not been trained people i'm just trying to show you it's just a decision so yeah, it's it, it's a it, and it's a great decision to make. Now, I want to tell you that the same thing happens with actors. Same mm -hmm. thing happens with um, athletes, like like top of the notch athletes. They come to it because they believe the first thing they do is they believe that they can be the best. Mm -hmm. And so when they are then doing their craft they're they believe they're going to be best. And so they work that much harder. And, 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 and even, even short people like Russell Wilson became one, a great quarterback. He's not supposed to be, but he is because of his mindset. Yeah. So, so it all comes back to your mindset, doesn't it? I think so. Cause our mindset drives everything. It either fuels us or stops us. And we, and yeah. And it, it, it's applicable to, to everything we do in our lives, not just about body image. Well, and your mindset will dictate where you're going to end up in life if you don't believe that you can do something you can't um if you believe that you can do anything you can now maybe you're not going to be the wealthiest person in the world uh if that's if that is what you want yeah. but you're going to be fine and you're going to and you also have got an impact you create a positive impact in the world when you have a higher energy level and you're approaching everything as, as an example you're just sitting there and you're smiling and, and it's like, that's, that's the impression that you're leaving everyone with. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's actually a, um, a study that talks about our choices and how it affects our performance there. It's called the three laws of performance. And I mentioned this sometimes with clients when I work with them one-on-one -on -one, where basically our words, <laughs> our words and our actions 
show uh, show what how we I, I mean the first the first two parts aren't that like won't be that surprising like your words and your actions will show how you believe about yourself so it's like it, it indicates like well, this is what I'm thinking but then how you choose to speak about something directly affects your performance oh yeah. so what kind of language you use will will basically show will basically inform the um the the trajectory of what you do what you do and it sounds crazy because a lot of people say oh my god that's just manifesting I'm like well it's by it's done by this group called Avanto group and they worked with they they've done this they did research through business organizations and it's through people's language and actions that show what how things are going to play out so we got to be really intentional with how we speak about ourselves in any situation if we want to perform well one of the things that uh, a lot of people do cuz i ask everybody that i talk to how you doing and sometimes I make it like I sound like I'm from New York. Hey, how you doing? And then sometimes I just say, hey, man, how's it going? And a lot of people will do say to me, well, it's not too bad. And it's like that to me is the most self-defeating attitude that you can have. How bad is bad enough? So if, it's, if, you're, if you're talking about it's not too bad, well, how bad is it? Rather than I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. I should, I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful to be talking to Jen today because Jen is an uplifted soul and it's and stuff. Like, so you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, and I, I, I agree with you completely. It's really, really important if you're going to be successful in at least even in your own mind. Yeah. And I mean, to what you're saying, it makes me think of how we focus and how humans have a tendency to focus on what's not working versus what is working. And I'm going to quote Brene Brown <laughs> because who doesn't love Brene Brown, right? She talks about um, how happiness is one of the most vulnerable emotions and we don't like to feel it because we are afraid it's going to be snatched away from us. So even to feel joy and to stay in joy, we need to practice it and almost like reassure ourselves that it's okay to feel joy and it's okay that the nature of hum human life and experience is fleeting. Like joy doesn't stick around forever. And the same goes for sorrow and the same goes for all these different things that we like to, it's like, we're like, Hey, um, let me just already feel sad so that when the sadness comes, I'm not hurt as, as badly. <laughs> she calls, she calls it dress rehearsing for disaster. So, yeah. yes, it's it's kind of like that. There are some folks who like to live in victimhood. Mm -hmm. It's more comfortable for them to be a victim because that's what they have experienced so far. And so for them, it's like, woe is me. Life is terrible. This is I, the classic example that I use is my mother-in-law, former mother-in-law was adopted. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. Yes. So no, she's no. So, so she was adopted when she was a baby. Uh, and this goes back to 1930. She spent her entire life saying that nobody loves me because I was adopted. She was adopted into a loving family and they could have cared for her and they really wanted to get to know her, but she rejected them because I'm adopted. Nobody could possibly love me. She carried that for her entire life. And that was, and it turned, it was a waste of life. Because she she could she had the opportunity to change, she needed to talk to someone like you. 
with what she needed to do. <laughs> but uh, uh, she she had the opportunity to change and to say, I was adopted because my mom was sick. And they found out later, my mom was 16. She was in 1930 when you were 16 and you were pregnant, you were in big time trouble. And so they couldn't keep the baby and, and stuff. So they sold the baby basically and stuff. And, and she could have taken that and saying, my family loved me so much that they bought me and the whole family loves me. And, and but she didn't. Why do, do you have any idea why we do that? Well, um, I don't know if I say why, but I can say, I think we have, well, um, it probably has to do with our, self-belief system and how our brains are designed for for survival i mean i'm not a trauma therapist so i can't that's that's why i said i don't so the the i have theories but i'm not i'm not the end-all be-all subject matter expert on this and i think um so just to put that out there but i think we tend to have like when we have traumatic experiences like when we're in pain then our um, our brain goes, hey, so you want to survive, right? So we'll avoid this. Don't do this. Or avoid the situation and you won't get hurt again. Okay? And then we're like, all right, we'll do that. And so from that, we grow a bunch of narratives at, at, where, at that point when those things were born seem absolutely true and we're grounded in we got hurt. But then fast forward to wherever we are, at each point in our lives, like we're like, hey, yeah, it's this seems like that situation that hurt me. Ew. Like we believe in what our brains tell us, even though reality could be different. So we're basically like replaying the past. So each time something similar comes up. So in order to move past it, we we gotta we have to work on reframing and slowing down how we process information and really questioning, am I? dealing with reality in the present or am I living in my past? And yeah, and, and it's, I'm not saying like your, our past isn't valid, but it's just we, we actually get to have a choice of how we want to experience the present. And so. Exactly. It's like uh, one time my, uh, my two siblings and I were, were talking about growing up in our particular house. And, and we were sitting there as, as adults, we were talking about this. So we had a little bit of reference and uh, it, it appeared if you talk to the three of us, each of us grew up in a different house because we each had a different experience of the same place. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of us had this experience, the other one had this and one was good. One was bad. One was kind of indifferent, but it was all the same place. And, and it's all based upon our own perceptions. It really had nothing to do with what was actually going on in the house. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, we could even take that a step further. They have, um, that's why witnesses are so unreliable at court. Because <laughs> you can that's have a really good point, right? You can have 30 people see the same thing, and based on where they stand, what they listen to, their past, what sticks out to them, they can all talk about different things. So, really, our perception and our history really drives the, uh, what we see in reality. So, let me share one of the things people say that drives me absolutely up the wall is when people say i have to speak my truth it drives me bonkers because i'm like there is no such thing as your truth there's just your perception (laughs) (laughs) there's no such thing you can talk about your feelings or how you could be more authentic 
whatever. But there's no your truth. There is no truth. Like none of us know what actually happened because we're all living in our own little um, TV shows where we're the main character. So <laughs> I, I often wonder if if anybody else is actually because you know if, if anybody else is actually real that it's because we're playing a part in our in a TV show and uh, I'm talking to you but are are you a figment of my imagination is this you know what i mean it's 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 kind of weird that way but uh but i was are we talking- living are we <laughs> living in the matrix are we living exactly. are we are we doing the allegory of the cave type of thing <laughs> exactly but to, yeah. to but to make your point there's a group it's a, they call it the circling institute mm-hmm. and what they do is like three or four people will be uh, together and they will focus on one individual and the one individual will say, well, I have a problem with this or I feel about this. And so they'll talk about that for a minute. And then the other people are observing their body language and what they're saying. And somebody will say, well, this is what I heard you say. Because their perception of what they said is different necessarily than the author of what they said. So it's so then the, the person who said that has to rethink whether or not what they said was actually true or not because it's all it's layers and layers and layers of perception to get to the actual truth of the matter of where it is. Does that is that, am I wrong in that? Or does that make sense? And it makes sense. I was, I was envisioning what that exercise looks like. <laughs> so it's like, is it uncovering the fact that we all, we just live in a function of our, everyone's perceptions yeah, I, yeah. At the at the end of the day, because there doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be a right answer to no. to any to any any particular problem. The, one of the one of the folks that was talking was she was she said she was let's see she was having problems with somebody at work who was presenting herself differently than she thought she was, and so therefore there was conflict. So then they, then they, was the conflict based on what, what I heard you say was this person was in conflict with you. Is that right? Well, no. So then it got, it turned out that she was in conflict with the person because that person was staying away, farther away from her and she felt badly because she wasn't as close of a friend as she used to be. And so, you know, it gets really deep and convoluted. And that's why it's necessary for people to go talk to a coach, somebody who's outside of the, of of the situation and then can, can work with them to understand their own emotions. Cause we don't sometimes. Well, we, a lot of times are blind to what we do and say, we have no idea (laughs) until we, until we talk to somebody else about what happened and, um, I mean, in coaching, we call it blind spots. Like, hey, I did this. I didn't even realize. I, I didn't even notice this thing that, um, like you said, that person didn't even realize that maybe I'm the one causing the conflict. Right. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's very interesting when we get to slow down and notice what we choose to believe and what we choose to take in. And a lot of people have this one thing that just because I think it makes it true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. how do you how do you um coach people to slow down how do i coach people to slow down i think um 
first it's realizing the process of how being really clear on how our brains perceive information and how we then develop these behaviors and knowing it's like, well, I mean, if I, it's like, I see something and then um, I have a feeling about it. And then from that feeling grows a thought and from that thought grows a behavior. And once we're aware of this, like one, two, three, four, and how fast it happens, then we're able to, like the next time something happens, like, oh, okay. At some point in the process, you could train yourself to slow down. So I think it's being aware of the natural physiological or psychological process that happens when we run into a situation and then developing more awareness. And then in the awareness, we start to go, okay, how do I want, where do I want to come in in this process of seeing something and then slowing down if we want to. So does that make sense or am I, did I get too heady? <laughs> no, no, that, that made perfect sense, I think. <laughs> no, it, it, it did. It, it was, we all tend to assume that, that what we are feeling at that particular time is right, but it may not be, be just because we are, we're so invested in ourselves in, a, in behaving a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's, well, the perfect example is when a wife comes up to her husband when she has a new pair of jeans on and says, do I look fat in these jeans? Well, first of all, she shouldn't care. Um, because it's, you know, she's, she's fine, but the perception that he has to then lie to tell her that the, that she looks good in those jeans. Does that make sense? I, I, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. Uh, well, I mean that <laughs> I always say the, um, the, does this make me look fat question really isn't about whether or not this person looks fat. It's like, I'm feeling insecure. Please affirm like your love or affection for me. That's really what that question means. Oh, I that's mean, very that's brilliant. Simply brilliant. Because right? Right. like hello, we just solved a bunch of problems. So it's like it's not about whether or not she should feel that way. Like I think um we have even those of us who work to um not put body image as a um as a foundation for how we assign worth to ourselves, we still have residue from the past. It's like so occasionally we're still like, oh, I wish I was skinnier because skinny people have skinny privilege, and I want that too. You know, <laughs> I'm not free from that. I mean, like because there's there's a certain reality of living in a world where these things are valued and celebrated and etc. But I think if we were to slow down and list, sometimes think about why what's behind someone's question and why is it there we're able to address what's really what that person really desired to talk to you know wants from us versus what they're saying so you know that's the first time that i've heard somebody say that is it what is skinny privilege uh (laughs) it's um it's the benefits a skinny person has in society that a non-skinny person or a fat person does not have like what so many things <laughs> i mean i'm not i think we're laughing but there's so many things um number one skinny people have like people treat skinny people better that's true they do they really do like if, if you even um opened a dating app my goodness <laughs> well and I'll, I'll, I'll even go one step further with you and that is men and women are treated differently 
even when they're if they're both a little heavy, men and women are treated still treated differently. Women are treated a lot worse than a guy who's a little heavy. Uh, yeah, because we are uh, we are we have been viewed as objects and property for a very long time. So you know, anyway. <laughs> well, well, and I, I, think- I, I, it's, I don't. I, I was, I was actually. I was thinking I was, about the patriarchy and how women for a long time have been assigned to fulfill the role of this is a I like I you know you're a man's property when when you get married and then in order to do that you must look a certain way to I'm not yeah that that's where that comment came from <laughs> oh no exactly and I was gonna make I I, I thought better of it because I was gonna make a um uh, sarcastic remark. <laughs> and say something like, "Well, so what's wrong with that?" But that I didn't. Want, I don't want that to end up on a on a, like a looper re- reel. Oh of, yeah. <laughs> so like this guy's a misogynist, and that's it. So I didn't. Well, so I thought better of that. Cause, good, because <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be a white man and be recorded saying that to a woman of color. You don't want that. You don't want that in your real house. <laughs> no, you you really don't. It would. I'd, I'd have picketers in my house the next day. Yeah. It, you know, because um, by the way, I, I I love your color. So you know, I you know, I I like to think that I don't care, but you know, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 hard when you get get into the the human psyche of what we find like like a skinny woman versus a a full-figured gal well um, here's what i like to say so one of the things that i um champion for is to use the word fat because the word fat has been weaponized against people who aren't skinny right like fat is has been used as an insult it means these things and people are afraid oh my god i don't want to become fat like it's like the worst thing if right. someone calls you a fat, they're not just an idiot, but you're a fat idiot. Oh, it hits harder, right? <laughs> so i i I think we I think it would behoove all of us to go and practice calling ourselves fat to the point where we're using that word till we're comfortable, so that it's no longer that insult or has all those meanings. It just is an adjective, right? I think it's important. I find I personally have started to find the euphemisms more insulting. Because they're just you're avoiding saying the reality, which is I'm fat. <laughs> so it's like, like what, don't dress that up. Where you know when people say, "Oh, you're not fat, you're beautiful." I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, can't I be and like, oh, don't worry about it. You're not that fat. I'm like, oh, like, it's so <laughs> like okay, all right. Like it's okay to say talk about reality, but it's what we make reality mean. I think that's the that's the growth. Oh, so. exactly. You know, um, when I was in high school, they had this uh, thing they called the uh, your the the height weight proportionate thing. BMI. It's it, well, it was before BMI, yeah. um, but but it was okay. If you're five foot eight, you should to be fit or to be normal, mm-hmm. and they use the term normal. You would be between this weight and this weight which was like 145 to 165 pounds kind of th- kind of thing mm-hmm. and or 150 pounds or something, whatever it was. And because I am uh, really husky and I played football and I wrestled and I played baseball and basketball, mm-hmm. I was an athletic guy and I was fit, but I weighed 178 pounds. And my doctor said, 
you know, you really need should, should lose some weight. And it's like, I, but I'm, I'm not fat. It's just, I'm, I'm big boned is what. <laughs> so there's, so, um, sorry. What, you, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say that, that, that there's all kinds of labels that we give ourselves, mm-hmm. but the, the reality is that none of that matters. We're human and we should accept each other for who we are. Yeah. And I, on, on that note, I was going to say, um, well, earlier you asked me about skinny privilege. Um, it also, Being skinny also helps you medically because doctors are far more willing to do tests for skinny people than they are for fat people. And I don't have the statistics on hand, but they did interview doctors and doctors did show their prejudice against, like, yep, if like they, they have these negative narratives that they impose on fat people who walk into their clinics. And it's much harder for a fat person to get the same kind of medical attention than they, than a skinny person does, because what do we all hear? Ah, you need to lose weight. <laughs> the chronic pain is because you're fat. You're like, okay, great. But like, can we explore all the possibilities before we just determine that? And I don't have the statistics on hand, which I mean, which we could look up, but a lot of people get misdiagnosed and a lot of fat people, they have to see a bunch of doctors before there's a doctor willing to investigate the situation further. And they found, oh, it's actually not because you're fat. It's because you have cancer or, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. Yeah, there's, and, and we have a ways to go to become, to raise the level of humanity where we treat each other equally with compassion and with love and take care of, you know, regardless of who we love, how we look, what we're doing, um, that we take care of each other. And that, that would be, and I'm glad you, you, you're working towards doing that and you're coaching and um, your body image work is, is that, you mm-hmm. know, so. So, now what kind of modeling did you do, or do you still do? I'd like to do more, but um, it's hard. I don't. Um, it's I'm not. I'm not in the union, whatever they call. I I do mostly um, private work with smaller brands. So, um, and I also do a lot of conceptual things with photographers for fun so it's not like i'm not like oh look at my roster i've worked with these name brands i'm like a couple things and i think last year my proudest moment was being able to model in a swimsuit and a like a fat person bikini and i felt really good about myself because i decided to like we talked about earlier and yep. I decided that I look good, but that is something that me, say even three years ago, could not even conceive it about doing, because it's just it takes a long time to overcome all those beliefs and be like, yeah, no, I'm 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 worthy of putting on this bikini, or I'm not gonna care, or I'm going to ignore, not not gonna care, but I'm gonna actively ignore what other people might be thinking. I'm just going to focus on myself. So those are a lot of different things and I was able to do it in public and it was a really, and I had a lot of fun. So. Well, and didn't, didn't you find that everybody was supportive? Um, I wasn't or... really paying attention. <laughs> the, I mean, really, I, I, I had, there was a photographer and I had a friend who was a dancer there and I just had a really good time with the photographer and my dancer friend. And, 
you know, I ignored other people. Because it's not true that people don't care. There are always people who may want to slide in some stupid comment or something. Like There are people out there. I mean, yes, to your point, most people are so focused on themselves and their lives. They don't really notice people around them. But there's always those who think we would be lying if someone, if you, if you say, hey, no one's going to comment if you walk if you're a fat person and walk onto the beach with a bikini on, like you're going to run into people who make it their business to hurt you or to say something. So, but yeah. isn't that because it's their issue they've got and they they bring it up because they have an issue of some kind or another and mm-hmm. they're using you as, as a way of, of, uh, I don't know, uh, um, talking about their issue or or whatever or expressing that because it seems to me like number one who cares what they think um you know you gotta yeah. live your life the way you want to yeah i i'm yes for the most part yes and people and and there's only so much people can take at a certain time you know like like for every thousand negative comment at some point you're like oh okay fine let me take a moment and regroup okay because it, it it can it can hurt even if we know better and we're like yes it's from their own stuff but you know like that's why world words are cruel the energy is terrible and then we're not all we're not all perfect so we're not, not i mean we're not strong all the time so yeah it it, it is it is hard to be put yourself out there and and get negative comments if you get negative comments and then you had then to continue to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and but that's a real victory for you isn't it yes (laughs) yes but like i said i'm not perfect and i'm not at get at the notoriety where people you know get lots of comments and say for every thousand comments 200 of those are like like i haven't yet had that volume but I can see how that can really weigh somebody down. But. Yeah, I, I can see it too. I, I don't get a great deal of negative comments, but you know, and I, all, all the time I'm asking, how was the interview? Was that good? And, and did you like it? Was that okay? And a lot of times, and most all the time they're saying, yeah, that was great. Terrific and stuff, whether it was or not, who knows, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that they, they felt that way. By the way, we're talking with uh, Jen, Melian, and she is in. It's almost uh, it's uh, ten or twenty minutes to seven a.m. in Thursday in Thailand, and she's and she's there working with her dad. Thailand, right? Taiwan. Taiwan. I knew that. <laughs> you walked into right into the trap that nineties my nineties me would have jumped down your throat on. <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan is not Taiwan. Done. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I know, I know. They're they're two completely different countries, mm-hmm. and and uh, um. By the way, I've never been to Taiwan. Uh, what's it like there? Amazing. I think it is. Well, this again. I think it is one of the nicest East Asian countries that you can visit. So, in terms of nice, I mean, the people here are genuinely genuinely friendly and to the point where it was actually a culture shock for me to go to the u.s um oh i can believe that yeah because i i because like americans oh my gosh is this gonna sound like an insult and i'm gonna talk in generalizations but you know americans have a reputation of being super friendly and 
Whereas in fact, at least when I moved to LA, just surf, it's a lot of surface friendly, but not really a lot of follow through. And it takes a long time, um, like years to integrate ourselves into a community or into friendship circles in the US. But in Taiwan, it doesn't take much time. Like I remember meeting people and then in a couple of weeks, they're come to my house and they meant it. <laughs> like, I've been back for a few months and already people have invited me and I've gone on trips with new friends. Whereas in the US, it takes forever. It takes like in order to earn a trust or whatever to break in, it takes forever. And I, and I think I never really realized how hard it was for me to accept that about American society. And it's still hard because I'm like, why? I love the way that Taiwanese people are so open and genuinely like kind about accepting humans. And I mean, they're not perfect. Like they're the worst when it comes to body image. <laughs> so like they're not perfect. There's a lot of problems but in terms of like the treating people and being friendly and um, easily developing a sense of community. That's, that's what's so great. And the food is fantastic. Um, I got to go there that, for the food. Yeah, And it's not that expensive. So yeah. Well, and and I'm glad your dad is doing do, doing okay, and uh, and uh, I I applaud you for doing what you're doing. Um, that's that's, that's really, I'm sure as we discussed before the show that he's a little irritated from time to time. But then you know, uh, he we all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And when somebody says no, that's a problem. Well, I don't think it's him. I think it's me. I can be really <laughs> annoying. So. <laughs> Oh, you don't seem like you could be an annoying person. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> give me, give me another, give me another twenty years, and and you know you'll you'll, you'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. So if if somebody now, are you still working while you're being over there? Oh yeah, for sure. So how can somebody contact you? Um, I'm reachable via LinkedIn. If you type my name, also Instagram at Jen Melian. And also email. Like it literally is just Jennifer Melian at gmail.com. And I'm reachable that way. Um, and I really do love meeting with people and seeing how I can be of service to them. And if it's not me, like how else can we make sure that the problems or the challenges or your goals get addressed and taken care of? So, you know, it's all about what some it's all about serving somebody and making sure that they get the help they need. So that's, that's terrific. And, and I was going to ask you before we go, uh, by the way, my ex-wife's name is Jennifer and you're very nice, much nicer than she is. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, but uh, um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? You've got this moment to tell our audience anything you'd like them to know about anything at all. Oh man, with that kind of blanket statement, um, I was gonna I was gonna say something inspirational, but I was gonna, but the first thing that came to my mind was, did you know that the mantis shrimp sees more colors than the human um, the human eyes? So, and I've, always, was, I've often wondered how do we know how a, sh a shrimp sees. Well, uh, the researchers looked at how many rods and cones they have, and they have more receptors. So the range of 
colors they see is broader than ours. I think it's a, like several more colors. So when they see something, it's we cannot even imagine, like or we physically can't imagine what something might look like to them. So let's spin that into some a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. take something away from that. Well, I mean, it's like we are limit our our view on our world and ourselves and um like our lives are limited by the way we're made. So yeah, like we don't see re- I mean, the case in point, we don't see reality. We're st- we we see what our vessel allows us to see. So it's our um it, we have the choice to pause and go, okay, this is what my vessel allows me to see, but like, what do I want to choose for myself that can serve me in any situation or empower me in any situation? So yeah, it's, it's really helpful to always know that like what we see isn't really reality because <laughs> we're limited by, we're limited by the way we're built. So, yeah. Yeah. And it would be nice if we could all be, you know, a lot of the strive to be a little bit better every day. And if, if, at the, if at the end of the day, you can just smile genuinely and, and uh, be kind to other people, that really is all that we can ask of ourselves, really. Yeah. Um, yes. And I don't, there, <laughs> it makes me think of uh, this Disney movie called Cinderella. And the takeaway from that movie is great, even though currently Disney is controversial. So sorry for (laughs) the um cinderella's like the mom always told her to have courage and be kind and i was like that is a great motto for a movie because i think if we can abide by simple rules like that if everyone had a little more courage and was kind the world would be awesome and you know in some cases it takes courage to be kind Mm -hmm. and that's you know because especially with when you're talking about people that are homeless or people that are perceived as less than if you can still be kind to them genuinely. And uh, then, then that takes a little courage. Well, even let's push that past that. It's how about, how can we be kind to people who are mean to us? Like that takes. Okay. Now you've crossed the line. That's, that's no, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, Cause that's, it's hard to be, kind to somebody that's mean to us right so that's like just emphasizing your point like it's that takes courage you know it it really does and to just not punch them out that takes a lot of courage too because you know but you know and you know interesting that you brought that up because i was thinking about this today because there's a guy on who's walking around on this planet who if i were to tell you the entire story you would just you would believe me to be justified in 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 absolutely hating this guy mm-hmm. but in reviewing it it was like okay what play, what what role did i play in that little play that we had of dysfunction between the two of us and if i were to step outside of myself was it the way that i perceived it to be or was it just my imagination and uh, I had to sit there and say, it probably was mostly my imagination and, and stuff. So, you know, that's, I, I've enjoyed this discussion. This has been fun. Yeah. I was going to say, if we, there is one thing that we think about in conflict, and this is not always fun to take on, is if we all decided to be, um, radically responsible and really we're like hey I'm going to be responsible for what I say how I do what I do and how I feel 
and what I think about a situation, then it would be much easier to solve conflicts. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then for the most part, all we can do is be really be responsible for our bit. And it's not always easy when we're hurt to be like, yeah, I also threw stones or I believe this narrative that wasn't true. So, yeah. Right. And one of my core philosophies is if, if we understood that we are all one, we come from the same place, we have the same energy, it's, mm-hmm. and we are, we are all connected to each other, we wouldn't want to kill each other anymore and, and stuff because we would be killing part of ourselves. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people have trouble with that, especially in some parts of the world today. But uh, um, I, I think legitimately that's true. And, and if we did that long term, we could change the world. And yeah. I, I hope to. I mean, that's why I, I mean, I, I love that you brought that up because I had a, when I was 13 or 12, <laughs> they, um, well, because <laughs> I, I mean, the, we were assigned, I don't know if you had to do this when you were in um, middle school, but we all had to read Anne Frank's diary as part okay. of learning. And I just remember reading that going, hmm. Like, cause she was, she was a very real person to me because of the way she wrote about herself and show, shared her um, opinions about what's going on. And I was like, wow, if we were all, all had a moment to access each other's like Anne Frank's diary, whatever that is, like we would not hate each other because we would profoundly understand or at least hear what the other person has to say and think about any situation and to view them as human like ourselves. So, Yeah. Yep, I I couldn't agree more, and I just hope that that uh, we, in my lifetime, I hope that we as a human society uh, are willing to view each other with compassion and caring and love, and and admit that that we are all we're all the same, we're all one, and that we can, I, yeah. and there's so much that we can accomplish if we do that together. We're never going to accomplish it as long as we are dealing with hate, division, and fear. I I I I agree with that, and I think we can, and I think it would help all of us to start speaking like we could, because yeah, I mean, and then also understanding <laughs> why we find difference difference of opinion so threatening, because it's like we we've we all um, we've it's easy for our brain to loop our identity into what we believe. And then when someone questions that, then it's easy for us to leap into, they're attacking my identity and therefore my safety. And then our brain sees red, our amygdala sees red and then it's over. So we, <laughs> so we, like I said, we could slow down. And then I think we, I think, I honestly think we can do it. And people are capable. And I, agree. I think we get, we have to get rid of Facebook. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, who knows? But like we, you know, anyway, so. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'll tell you the 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 thing that that's a recent trend that really has me concerned is that it used to be way back in the day when Walter Cronkite was was doing the news that he read the news and it wasn't a matter of debate. Now you can you don't like the, the type of you don't like what I'm saying. You can now go to a channel where they're going to say exactly what you want to hear, and you'll never hear the other point of view. So then you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about it. You can just live in your own delusion of this is the truth when it may not be the truth because you're not listening to everybody that's out there because it's more comfortable. 
Well, I think um, no matter what political stance people have, that's that's the reality. Um, like no one's absolutely true, and there's problems with whatever stance you're in, because <laughs> that's reality. Um, I and I would like to blame the fact that we have 24-hour news stations dedicated to news. Like, what else are you going to talk about? And it's not really news; it's really opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this little computer that everybody has where you can access anything about anything. Um, and, but not, but not all of it's true, you know, by, and stuff. So we just, you have to be careful. And well, be careful. I think, yeah. Like you said, I think it's really hard to discern between facts and opinions. And I think a lot of news love to share their opinion, but who cares? <laughs> I don't care about your opinion. Like tell me the facts, you know? Um, and yep. then, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to say yeah a lot because I'm like, I don't want to mention this that happened, this that happened, this that happened. Like, no, we can, we can go down a great big rabbit hole if yeah, we wanted to go helpful. there. <laughs> but it's not helpful and it's not, it's not what positive talk is all about. So no. what yeah. we want to do is we want to bring everybody together and to live in peace, live in harmony and uh, understand that, that uh, even though we've got Different opinions we're still all one and yeah. uh, we all we all need to take care of each other so it's pl uh, my pleasure having you here and i'm gonna let you go have breakfast now since it's, it's time for you to you know it's like seven o'clock in the morning so thank you <laughs> thank you it's been really fun talking to you or or go back go back and take a nap if you because you do you normally get up at this time of day i usually get up an hour later so I mean, oh, a, nap, okay. well, a nap could a nap could a nap could happen. That's fine. I, <laughs> I'm open to the possibility of many things. So <laughs> very nice. Uh, again, Jen, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do it? They can email me at jennifermelian at gmail .com or look up my name on Instagram or LinkedIn, and then they can find me there. And you'll be also be able to find this interview on positivetalkradio.net. And that will be there in the next day or so. And so you can go there and listen, look at all the stuff that I do. Uh, and, she, and you've been delightful, young lady. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> have a great day yourself. I I have to. Thank you. It's, it's a kind of a rule in my house. But if you'll stay right there, I'll be right back. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.